All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Whiteboard Brief Podcast, episode 37. I should have looked before that, I didn't look. <laughs> that's a wild guess. I'm hoping that it's number 37, but it's up there. I'm Coach John. I got Coach Kristen over to my left. And then we have a special guest on the episode today. His name is Danny Lear. He is a co-owner, co-founder of Caffeine and Kilos. And there's a whole laundry list of other things that he is involved in, in the CrossFit space, the weightlifting space, and just all around good dude and good coach. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But first of all, what's up, Danny? How's it going? Oh, it's going great, man. All the way. Appreciate you having me on. It's a beautiful. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. It's pretty nice out here. It's uh, it was a little overcast this morning, but uh, temperature is right around 60, 63 out there right now. So not too bad. That's perfect. That's perfect. So uh, first thing I want to get into is when you reached out to us. So I saw the email and I was like, there's no way. Like I just kind of, (laughs) I sent it to Kristen. She's like, really? And I was like, it's gotta be fake. I'm not really sure. And then I think it was that afternoon or the next morning. Um, I heard you on my mentors podcast, best hour of the day. So I work with Fern and Ackerman since I okay. took over the gym and I saw the podcast episode come up and I was like, holy shit, maybe it wasn't a joke. And then I, I, I heard the beginning of the episode, they said the same thing. And I was like, all right, let's do this thing because he's actually the guy and he reached out and I'm, I'm really loving this stuff. Um, but you listened to one of our podcast episodes and you loved it. And it was on being coachable. I believe it was the one that you said in the email, yep. right? Yeah, that was the first one to listen to. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we have some listeners outside of our gym community. Yes. And there's one guy in New Zealand that tends to listen sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, two in Canada, too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Just Worldwide. a quick rundown. Go ahead. What'd you say? Worldwide. Worldwide, baby. That's right. Joe, so just a quick rundown uh, going over some of Danny's past and what he's been involved in. Um, so 14 years coaching between weightlifting and CrossFit. That's correct. Uh, yeah, right around there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, dude. Very awesome. And you were a teacher for eight years prior to and during that, I believe it was physical education. We have 10 national weightlifting qualifications, one international weightlifting medal. You are the co-founder and owner of Caffeine and Kilos, which I believe was one of my first t-shirts coming into the CrossFit space. Still have it. I would have wore it today, but it was in the laundry. I forgot to wash oh, it. Oh, yeah. Next time. Uh-huh. Next time. Uh, co-owner of CrossFit Excel, which is now Excel Health and Fitness. You added the yoga part to that. Very nice. Uh, co-host of the Gas Station Cappuccino podcast, where you do a lot of the same similar stuff that we do. Talk about coaching, shoot the shit, have a good time with it. Uh, co-ownership and max effort supplements. Is that correct? Yep. Max effort muscle. Very awesome. And then this one was pretty cool that I learned is you created the lifting fix, which you said that you recorded one video a week for 60 weeks and just let that live on YouTube, which is super cool. Cause that takes a ton of dedication and knowledge. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun little project. It kind of started off just as um, like almost as an accident, right? Yep. I think someone had a lot of times when people, you know, have a, something they need to improve, like a, a specific movement within like a snatch or a clean and jerk or a squat or whatever. Um, a lot of people have that same issue. And so, I, I found myself just like making these little adjustments for people all the time. And so then someone actually asked me, they're like, Hey, what would you do for someone that has this fault? And I was like, Oh, well, let me just like show you how I'd fix it. And so I just videoed someone else doing it and I fixed it on that other person and I sent it to him. 
And then I was like, oh man, this is like, I should do something with this, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah. And so then I just like put it on YouTube, whatever. And then a week later, um, anyway, I got a bunch of like feedback on it. People really appreciated that. And so then a week later, I was just coaching somebody and um, they're kind of doing this, a different mistake, you know? And yeah. so I was like, actually, do you mind if like, when I fix this, if I record that, so like other people can learn from it? Oh, yeah. sure. That'd be great. And so I did that. And then I was like, man, there's like so many, like so many intricacies to all the different, everything going on. Like it's, and it's a lot of it's simple fixes. People try to make things too complicated. And that's one thing that I know I'm good at is it's just from the years of coaching and, and teaching PE. And I mean, that's my, my like formal education is in, is in teaching and, and coaching. And so I know that's something that, that I, that I can help people with. And so I said, okay, well, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to see, um, you know, whatever, how long this goes. And so actually, uh, but I didn't want it to take out of my normal stuff because I'm, I'm already, you know, kind of a lot going on. So my kids are in gymnastics. And when, when my daughter went from the, uh, like the, the pops and tots class where I was in there with her, when all of a sudden it was like, oh, she turned three. Now I'm not in the room with her. I was like, oh, so I just brought my computer down there and I'll just pop it open. And I was just, I would only, the only time I spent on it other than the two minutes recording the thing was in during uh, like her gymnastics as I'm watching her do her thing. I'll just upload them on YouTube and write the little captions for them. And, and so I did that for a little over a year, every single week, I uh, recorded a video at some point during the week. And then during my daughter's gymnastics would, would pop it up online. Um, and then, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then just some things happened in, in business, but uh, one of my business partners left and and that type of thing. And so all of a sudden my days got a little more compressed and I, I kind of abandoned that project, but yeah. um, anyway, it's still, it's still out there. You can still find them. It's still a lot of fun. Yeah. I bet that library just lives and I bet people still check it out every single time. Cause I mean, if you give people 60 different fixes between the snatch and the clean and jerk, it's like, you know, you're going to get people infinitely looking at that stuff. Cause you never know who it's going to be affecting or who it might help. Um, and video is super huge. We actually, Kristen's putting together a library of movement right now for our gym. Cause we get it all the time when new people come in, they try to YouTube the different movements that they see in the, the workout yeah. list the night before. And you know, what better than to see your coaches doing it and kind of going over what we expect rather than, you know, it could be any video that they're watching who knows if it's the right one or not. So we're yeah. actually in the process of, of putting together something like that too. Cause that's I, awesome. It's a great idea for the members. Um, all right. So, Quick segue, you know, you kind of mentioned in that that whole explanation of the YouTube videos how, you know, you've been teaching for quite a while. You know, it went from PE, uh, you went to college for education, that turned into CrossFit coaching and weightlifting coaching. And, you know, all while running a business and being involved in all these different things, you've had some little touch with the teaching and coaching aspect in your life for, you know, however many years it's been. Um, and, you know, some people you'll hear in, you know, the working space, they get burnt out with their jobs, you know, they like it at the beginning, and then they need a change. What's been like the number one thing that over all these years between teaching and coaching that's just kept you in love with it, basically, and keep going? I think seeing people success, every time someone has some success, you know, and if you help them with that, you get like a little hit of that yourself right? It's not the same. You're not like totally riding everyone's coattails or whatever. Um, but if, you know, someone is, you know, take like a basic squat or whatever, and they're struggling to get low enough, they just can't for whatever reason. And you help them with that and you coach them through that. And then they start doing it, you know, like that feels good. Cause you know, you helped this person. 
And it's something that they were struggling with. And even more, more tangible than that, it's like if, um, you know, like a specific weight, right? Like someone like can't, you know, back squat their body weight or whatever. And then you help them along the way and you work on their technique and you help them like feel the things they're supposed to be feeling and, you know, activating where they're supposed to be and pushing the way they are and, and maybe even set them up a little progression to get to it. And then that day they finally get that weight and they're so excited over, you know, and you get like a little piece of that, you know, you're like, oh, hell yeah. You know, this For person, sure. like I saw them working hard. They wanted to do this thing and, and you help them do it. And like, that feels good. You know, yeah. I think that um, sometimes people get a little jaded, you know, and you do it a long time. It's easy to maybe not be as impressed with, uh, with certain things, especially if you coach people at a high level and then you take a brand new beginner. Sometimes some people aren't as excited about that. Um, I, I'm kind of the opposite, man. Like I get more excited with someone when they're first starting out and like, you know, they, they you really get them, you see, they get experienced that juicy part of the learning curve, you know? Right. And, uh, and like, that's so fun. Like that's so fun to take someone from zero to one, you know? Um, yeah. and then maybe down the road, they get to nine or 10, but, um, so I think just, you know, experiencing that with people and, uh, and help sometimes also with people when they are, when they do make these little strides, if they have big goals, you know, like they don't appreciate it as much as maybe they should. And right. so I think, you know, encouraging people and, and really like making sure they know, like, you know, how good they're doing, if they're, if they're making this progress or accomplishing in these things, like that's a big part of it. So yeah. I think, you know, kind of celebrating victories with, with who you're coaching really helps keep you fired up. Yeah, we, we go over that. So we offer all of our members here, you know, goal review meetings whenever they want to schedule them, sit down with the coach for 15 minutes. And I think one of the number one things that me and Kristen tell people, and, you know, we preach it is celebrate the small wins all the way throughout the journey. Because if you just look at the big end goal, when you start something and you don't see it right away, because, you know, in the gym is one of the fewer things in life that you can't hit an easy button on anything. You can't just Google search the answer. You can't buy something that's going to change your life. You got to put the work in and you have to celebrate the small victories along the way. Because if you just look at the end goal of, you know, whether it's lose 50 pounds or put a hundred pounds on your back squat, whatever your goal might be, you know, that could be two, three, five, 10 years down the road. And you get kind of burnt out, not seeing that success. But, you know, if you get five pounds on your back squat or you pick up a better habit in your eating and you start to see that reflected in, in your health, you celebrate that shit and, you know, you, you be happy about it. And that's the stuff that kind of keeps people going, I think in the long run. And people have a hard time seeing that, you know, from the back end. Absolutely. There's this, uh, it's actually a pretty new book. It's really good. It's called a uh, gap versus the gain. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's by Dan Sullivan. Anyway, and the kind of the message in there is, you know, always measure backwards. You know, it's like, if you're always looking at these goals that you're trying to accomplish and trying to work towards, like, that's okay to like have those goals and look at those, but don't compare where you are to how far you have to go. Still you should right. compare where you are to where you started, you right. know? And so you should know where you want to go and have that, you know, in mind, but then, you know, celebrate how far you've come, right. When you do, when you, even if it is one pound more than, than, uh, than last time, like, hell yeah, that's one more pound than last time. It doesn't matter if you have 10 to go. Like you can't control that, right? All you can control is what you've done up until now. Like exactly. what you do in the future is still like to be determined, right? Like that's still up to you. Like if anything, you should be encouraged because you're the only one that has control over that, right? And so looking back is always a, an exciting thing, right? And you yeah. see it all the time. Oh, I'm still whatever, like 30 pounds for my goal. 
like, yeah, dude, we lost 70. Like, it's pretty good. <laughs> you exactly. exactly. You know, with the Open just passing by these past couple weeks, I think some people – so you have twofold things that come out of the Open. You see the people that did it last year that kind of realized how far they've come in the last yeah. year. As coaches, we see that. And it's, it's tough emotionally as a coach to deal with the person not seeing their goals realized super fast. And, you know, you don't get the constant feedback – that they're super happy or that they're seeing the success that they want to see. But every now and then you get glimpses of that and it kind of makes it all worth it. So whether it's, you know, going from barely getting one pull up to what I think Katie got like 16 in this past workout or something like that between pull ups yeah. and chest to bar, or, you know, it's somebody doing the open for the first time. And, you know, you see a lot of discouragement out of the gate because you get something that they can't do right away. And I have to record the same video every single year. And it's like, hey, listen, this is something that is supposed to be difficult, but it's supposed to fuel you for the future and kind of get you geared up to work on yourself in these small little increments. So, you know, if you can't get a pull up today, maybe it's not going to happen next week, but next year, you know, you could potentially be ready and get that done. But don't look at it as next year. Look at it as what can I do this afternoon to get a little bit better at that? Yeah, I heard the this kind of framework for that that I just the other day that I really like. It's called like you can call it A B Z, right? So if you're at A and Z is what you want to do, like you don't have to know what step C D E F. All you have to know is step B, right? Like what's the next thing I'm going to do, and that's what you focus on. Like if you're too focused on like all these other steps, like well I don't know the exact path to get there. Well, it's like well that's well that's always true like even if you think you know like you might have this plan all laid out very seldom do you actually does that happen the entire way through the way you expect right, right. so it's like you want to get to z and you're at a you only got to know what's what step b is and then as you're doing step b you'll figure out all you worry about is step c right so it's just the next step the next step you know with that end goal in mind and i think a lot of people get discouraged because they're they're focused on all these things in the middle the truth is like you don't even know what you don't know like that's same with me. Like, I don't even know the things that I don't know yet or that I'll need to know to get where I'm trying to go. Right? right. All I know now is where I am. That's important to have a realistic where you are. And like, what is my next step? And right. then you just work through that with that end goal in mind. Yeah. I love that, man. And it's like both of us, we're constantly learning, you know, trying to improve our coaching skills. You know, we have confidence in our coaching skills, but there's always something that can be better. What can we do mm -hmm. you know, to learn, to bring back to the community? And I actually, crazy example, we were hiring a new coach. I had somebody come in and this, this kind of turned me off completely. This woman comes in and she was applying for the job. She had her level one and we typically require level two. And I asked her, I was like, well, are you interested in getting your level two? Is that something that you're working on? And she just looks me in the eye and she goes, well, I don't have it. And I don't think I need it. But if it's something that you think I should do, then I'll do it. And I was like, that's, that's not the mindset, right? With anything yeah. in life, it's how do I just get a little bit better for myself at what I'm doing and want to get better? That's the big part of it is you need to want to get better. And that's how you become the best version of yourself, I think, over the long term. Yeah, I mean, that's that. Uh, I, I agree. It's that idea of virtuosity, right? Like trying to do the common things uncommonly well. Like, how can I just do this a little bit better? How can I do it a little bit better every time? For sure. Um, now, kind of a little bit of a transition. We talked a little bit about coaching for the long run, right? You've been involved with it for 15 plus years between teaching and coaching. Now, I think a message that often gets swayed in the CrossFit community is, you know, 
what the purpose of it actually is, right? It's not about today in the gym and the lift that you got, but what's the longevity of it? Why are we here? You know, especially for the general population outside of, you know, competitive people. And that's kind of the, the gym that we run, you know, a vast majority of the population is here to just get a little bit healthier every single day for the long run. Right. I mean, some people like to compete a little bit in the open, but it's all, you know, fun. No one's ever really super serious about making the CrossFit games or anything like that. We want to get as far as we can do as best as we can, but the end goal is longevity. And I think it's a message that's often missed, you know, between a lot of gyms and within the community of, you know, why we start CrossFit, why we do functional movements and why we're supposed to gear ourselves up to do this for the long run. So, you know, as a coach that's been doing it for so long, and I'm sure you have some members that have been with you for probably the same amount of time, right? Yeah, 10 what's, or 12 years, yeah. What's one approach that you take to, you know, talking to them every single day or over the course of the long run to help them understand the longevity of CrossFit and the importance of it? I think one big thing is a little bit what we touched on earlier is just know where you are now, right? And you have to accept where you are now uh, in order to stay encouraged and not get discouraged because things happen over the course of 10, 12, 15 years, right? Like um, you, you know, someone was single, now they get married. Someone was in college. Now they have a nine to five job. Someone quit their job and owns a business. Um, you had a baby. Um, your wife had a baby, right? Like, like all these things like happen and, you know, expecting to always be better than you've ever been is going to be unrealistic. Right. Like at some point, everybody peaks. Now, that doesn't mean it's like you are never going to surpass that again. That's not what I'm saying at all. But like being disappointed today because you didn't back squat a new PR is a, a recipe for disappointment and discouragement. Right. And then ultimately, it's just kind of like discouragement and, and not really wanting to do it. And then you end up doing less and then it's spiraling. And so something that uh, we really talk about a lot is like, hey, look, like you're not going to PR every single time and that's okay. Like if today, if we're going for a max set of five in the back squat, we're looking for what is the most you can do today? Like what is today's maximum set of five, you know? Right. And if you feel like, you know, you tried as hard as you could and that was the most you could get today, then why would you be disappointed with that? You right. know? Um, now, if you are focusing on that and you're struggling with it and it's not getting better, then we can address that. We can talk about other things we can do, or we can put you on, you know, maybe a, a, a different progression or talk about what your nutrition looks like, your sleep or like all these different things. But, you know, and really, if you know that you're putting out your best effort, um, then what, what is there to be disappointed about? So like, right. for example, you know, I spent whatever, five or six years um, as a competitive weightlifter. Um, now I do the class at my gym, like three days a week. Right. So expecting to like back squat the same as I did when I, when I squatted, you know, seven, seven to nine sessions a week is unrealistic. Like that's not, that's not practical, you know? And so if I, if every time we did back squats, I didn't show up because I knew that I wasn't going to hit that. Or if I, you know, if I'm squatting 100 pounds less than I did, you know, at my all time, like PR, if that would discourage me, like I would always be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you'd end up just not wanting to do it at all. So I think a realistic uh, approach as far as like, where am I right now? Where am I right now? What are my goals? And how is my performance in the gym? And, um, you know, reflect on my, my, or how's my lifestyle, 
you know, right now affect my performance? And am I moving forward or am I moving in the direction I want to, I guess, is really the, the kind of picture there, right? And when you keep those things in mind, um, and then here's one more little little tidbit on that. So all the time, man, people get upset or like, oh man, you know, I, you know, I, I whatever, like really Helen's my favorite workout and I, you know, like 30 seconds off my, my PR or whatever. Yeah. And they're like all bummed out. I'm like, dude, I'm like it's just fucking, it's just fucking exercise. That's it. Just exercise, man. Like, like that's it. Like, do you, you probably got a pretty good workout in. Like, you seem like your heart rate was elevated. You've been perspiring. Like, I don't like, you know, like that. De- you definitely got healthier to, after doing that than like if you had not. Right. You know, like whatever. You're like now, if that's your goal is to get it all time, Helen PR. Then let's talk about that. Let's talk about like some things you can do. Right. I put the word. Like, yeah. But otherwise, man, it's like, it's just exercise. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I think a great example of this is Kristen, you've been how long CrossFit? Eight, nine years? It'll be nine in June. Nine years in oh. June. And you had to have ACL surgery, correct? Meniscus. Meniscus surgery. Yeah. And the way that she went about her recuperation during that time was basically exactly what we just talked about. She never pushed the limits, but she got herself back to a point where it felt good and it was going to be strong for the long run. And she is never about rushing anything. I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, but kind of the process that you would go through, whereas, you know, what did success look like for you at that point as you were recovering so that you knew you were going to be good for the long run? It wasn't, let me rush back into where I was before. Yeah, that was, I spent, I mean, I remember trying to jump on a 10 pound plate and I couldn't, and I remember like bawling my eyes out. And being just so upset that how come so many other people have been able to come back quicker from this and why am I taking so much longer, but I was still able to work out. So I was still able to have that release. And then it took me, it's been like two and a half years and I'm still working on getting it stronger. Like it's fine. I can still do all of my movements, but I just had, there was a few moments along the way that was like a reality check. It's like, I'm still able to do stuff. I just need to put in the work to get it better. And that was me going to two different physical therapists, but putting in my own time, making sure I was still working out and not do anything to um, re-injure it. But now I can jump single leg, like like almost 12 inches with just my left leg. So like that's, and that took two years. Um, But it was just taking time because I, it's not something you should rush. And I think me being a coach, helped that because like my thought process was like, I'm not going to tell an athlete to rush back. Like I'm going to tell them they need to take their time and other help. So it's like, I need to take my own advice with that. And that's a great example too. Like as a coach being a good example, right? Like scale a workout. If you need to scale it, (laughs) like, like I could probably, I can, um, pretty much any CrossFit workout, like I could gut through and finish but like not probably there's a quite a few they're like not in the time domain that they would that it's expected right like it's an entirely different thing and like then what are we doing right and that's one more key that you you did a great job there Kristen like talk about I was like um also like it's the long-term goal you know someone has um an elbow that's like a little wonky and like maybe it doesn't affect them like day to day right 
Um, in fact, well, I'm gonna, I'll, it's myself. Like why I talk about like it's someone else. I was like, I'm not gonna make it about me, but like it's actually my exact story. So I should tell. Anyway, I have this jacked up elbow just from years of weightlifting and and wrestling and stuff like that. And um, I actually have like some torn ligaments and bone fragments floating around and all this stuff, right? That I'm supposed to get cleaned up, but I haven't gotten surgery on it because it doesn't hurt me every day. Like it doesn't hurt every day. Like day to day, I don't even notice that like something's wrong with it, right? right. And um, and so. The thing is, though, uh, during workouts, I know there are certain things that if I do too much of, it's going to irritate, it's going to bother me for the next three weeks, right? And so, but there's no movement that I can't do any of, you know, so that that's like, I'm in this like kind of spot, like, do I go and get the surgery? Do I just like let it ride type thing? And, and so I'm kind of at the point now where if it doesn't bother me every day, and it doesn't really hinder me from doing anything um, then like kind of why, like I'll just wait a little bit and I'll take care of it when one of those things starts happening. Right. Right. But in the meantime, like I can do pull-ups, I can do muscle-ups, like I can do those things, but I know there's a limit, right? Like I can do say 60 or 70 pull-ups in a workout and I'll be okay. If I do more than that, if I do more than say 60 pull-ups, or if I do, you know, more than like 40, like chest of bars, I got like those types of things Then I know it's probably going to bother, bother me for the next couple of weeks. And then I'm not going to be able to do stuff. Right. And so you just know your limitations. So it's like, okay. in these workouts, like I just, I'll just scale down the reps on those and I'll just make sure that I do like appropriate loading for like what I'm, where I'm at right now. And then that's fine. You know, like that's like the choice I'm making, you know? And I think that a lot of times people get discouraged with that, or it's like, it ends up being for today. Like they want to get this workout done and they have this goal and they want to like beat this old time in the workout, all this. And then they just like throw, end up throwing in the beginning, maybe they're like, oh, I'll take it easy. But then they just like throw caution to the wind. And now you're jacked up. And you can't do anything for the next four weeks. Right. It's like, well, was that the goal? Like, do you think that you got more fit in that in the 20 minutes than you would have um, over the next three weeks of works at workouts that now you're not going to be able to do? We're going to have to like scale more dramatically over that time frame. Right. And you know what? If you say, yeah, like whatever you thought you just wanted to like go for it like hell yeah man that's fine <laughs> like know the consequences right and that's one that's a again down the path of getting discouraged um setting yourself up for that type of thing right so kind of know where you're at and know what your little injuries and limitations are and like it's about it's about working out consistently over you know the next span of your life it's not about today I so like scale the workout, let people see you scaling the workout. That's great. You know, when you mark when you put your score in sugar water, whatever your logging app is, make sure you mark a scale, like whatever. There's like, there's nothing wrong with that. So I think that's a, a big lesson for coaches too. And, and I mean, people also, but I think a lot of coaches kind of sometimes get their pride caught up in it and, you know, like can do it. It's like, yeah, dude, but if you're oh, we, coaching yourself, what would you say? We scale all the time mm -hmm. and we let people know it too, when we need to, it is. You guys are weak. Yeah, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, people, like, we're not going anywhere. But yeah. if you're the ones that wants to keep working on an injury or not working around it or strengthening it, like, you're not going to be able to come back in here. Right. That, or you're just going to get so discouraged that you'll go down the street to and pay $10 a month to something where it just feels it's not going to be as fun. Right. To do less work, get less results and enjoy it less. Right. Like that's yeah. right. Yeah. And I think, you know, we talked a little bit about injury in that situation, but I think it goes for everything. So, you know, if somebody yes. can't squat down to depth, right. It's 
the little things over time that's going to get you there. There's no one magic stretch that's all of a sudden going to get you squatting down to depth perfectly. But, you know, we're going to work. What's the number one thing that we can work on right now? And over the long run, my goal is for you not to, you know, lift a rock bottom squat at 200 pounds next week, but it's to be able to get up off your toilet when you're 70 and 80 years old, because over this time that you've been at my gym and I've been your coach, we've slowly gotten you down to that depth and built that strength over time. And, you know, that's the number one goal that I have for everybody. And it's hard for people to see that now, but I'm hoping, you know, one day I get a bunch of text messages. If people are still text messaging at that age, like, Hey, I get it now. I 100% yeah, get it. I'm getting to that toilet. Yes, yeah. exactly. And you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, man, it's right. And it's like, you know, that you put a weight on the bar and then you, that, that you can do, but then you spend more time standing there looking at the bar than you spend lifting it. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you what, what are we doing? Exactly. Exactly. And we actually, we took that approach in our intro because I think the mindset is the number one thing that people need when they start CrossFit. Because you can come in and you can watch the person next to you and do something that you should not be doing right out of the gate. Right. And, you know, traditionally the CrossFit foundations classes have been teaching proper movements, right? We'll go over the squat, we'll go over the deadlift, whatever that might be. We ditch that effort, right? We still teach whatever the workout is and we show you how we progress through every single class. But if I'm coaching properly, I should be able to teach you that in class. More so, we focus on the mindset and understanding intensity, understanding the route that you should take starting CrossFit and where you're going to be next week, six weeks, six months, a year from now. So you understand that progression and what it should feel like and understand that there's always open communication with your coaches, right? If you feel something yeah. that's off or you don't understand something, we want you to ask. We don't want you to just, you know, search YouTube or whatever, unless it's the lifting fix, we'll support that. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but come talk to us and, and, you know, have a better understanding of how this works in the long run and getting healthier rather than, you know, learning how to do a snatch the second day of CrossFit, right? Yeah, that's absolutely it. Um, all right. Last thing I wanted to touch on, you know, personally, from a personal standpoint, we've all been involved in CrossFit for a number of years, collectively a ton, right? And, you know, traditionally in the space, people start something in fitness, it lasts for a little while, and then they go do something else because they get bored. What is the number one thing that has allowed you to continue to love CrossFit and weightlifting? every single day and allows you to be excited to come into the gym for those classes over the last 14 years or however long it's been. So two things uh, that really stand out. One is uh, the community, right? And what I mean by that is like do actually doing the classes. You know, it's like I could go in and work out anytime I want. I have a, I have shit in my garage. Like I could work out in my garage. Um, yep. but I usually, I don't, <laughs> I mean, maybe on the weekends or like, I will occasionally, but like not very often, like on a day, if I have the ability to go to a class at the gym, I go to the class. Right. And I think that people, they do across for a while. And then they start thinking like, you know, whatever they want to do things on their own and, and do open gym or they build out a gym in their garage. And I'm going to keep doing cross in my garage. I don't need to go to the, you know, whatever that type of thing. Right. And then it's just not the same. Like you're not getting the coaching, but not only you're not getting the coaching, you're not having that shared experience with the rest of the group. And maybe you think you don't need that or whatever, but it's just not, it's just not, it's not the same. Um, also it's like warmups and stuff. Like when I work out on my own, I don't warm up. Right. Like I know I don't like, I still like three or four arm circles 
And then I'm like walk on my toes for like 30 seconds. So I don't blow out my Achilles if there's jumping. And then I just like start going. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, like all that, all that's true. Like that's what happens. I know that's what happens. Like I'll take, I'll take more time and get less work done when I do it on my own, yeah. you know? And so that's one thing is like, you just got, you got to keep going to the class at the gym. Like, it's just so good to be in the community to get the coaching, to be, you're done in an hour and it included a proper warm up and the whole workout and like having someone help you through that. Like, I think that really makes a big difference, you yeah. know, in, in kind of doing it for the, for the long run and, and having a good time with it. Yeah. We and tell then, people all the time, just, just get here, just walk through the door. We'll take care of the rest. That's it. Just get here. And, yep. And do the freaking classes, like just do the right. classes, man. Like that's like, if you ever feel like you're like, not really, I see it all the time. Like people that are, you know, started doing more open gym and stuff like that or, or, or whatever built out people build out, uh, man, I'm not kidding you. I bet that 40% of the members of my gym have, uh, like equipment in their garage. Oh yeah. Same. And like, they still go to the gym, you know, cause it's like, it's not a substitute. If anything, it's like, on the weekends or something where like, Oh man, I don't have time to get into a class today. So it was like early morning or late at night. You just like get something in type deal. Right. Yeah. Um, but they, they understand the value of like being on other people and, and being in the classes and all that. For sure. Better energy. And this, this yeah, that's different energy. Uh Oh, frozen. Oh no. Come back. Oh, there we go. We're back. All right. Good. And then the, the second thing is um, sometimes if I start feeling like I'm in a slump, like just little challenges um, and they're little silly challenges. And normally I don't have like a, a total time frame. It's like, as long as I can, I have like minimums, whatever. Right. So an example is I'll be like, all right, um, I uh, I'm going to do 400 meters of walking lunges every single day for as until I don't feel like it anymore right but like a minimum like I gotta get at least like today 20 to have self-respect you know whatever and so um and so then I'll just do something like that and like that like little thing and do that outside like after class if I went to the gym that day or if I didn't go to the gym I'll just do it whenever I can just try and get it in like and so something like that is just a sometimes a little spark that you need if you find yourself getting discouraged you just need like some sort of a little purpose right and maybe that could be okay this next month I'm going to go to the gym like I'm going to go every Monday Wednesday Friday without fail right? And then set up some sort of reward system or some sort of um, punishment system, right? Like <laughs> tell your spouse, like, if I don't go, I owe you a hundred bucks, right? Or like, some whatever, like something like that. And uh, anyway, so I just think like little challenges um, that will make you do things when you don't want to, you know, um, will kind of ignite that, ignite that fire and get you like kind of motivated and you're into something you feel good about yourself because you're doing something that you don't want to and right. at times you know and uh so anyway that really keeps you encouraged and so if you find yourself just kind of like not real sure don't really want to go in just not feeling it like come up with something maybe it's um gonna do a hundred air squats every day or you're going to lunge walk whatever 400 meters a day um, yeah. you're going to you know whatever it is like these are different uh, run a mile like don't time it. That's like all these things, by the way, are like, you're not doing it for time because that sounds hard and it sounds like you got to put out. But if you're like, I'm going to run a mile every day for the next, for this entire month. And like, it doesn't matter what the time is. I'm not gonna even going to start a clock. I'm just going to like walk out my door. I'm just going to start and yep. I'm going to finish and that's it. It doesn't matter. 
you know, nine out of 10 days, you're, you know, halfway through or three quarters way through and you're feeling pretty good and you're loosened up, you end up pushing at the end. But like, if you don't, that's okay too. Like, it's like, you're just, you're just doing it. Right. And that idea of just like doing something small, you know, every day consistently kind of gets you, uh, gets you feeling good, gets you like feeling like you, you know, a man of your word, you're going to do the things you say you're going to do and, and kind of gets you excited again. And next thing you know, it's like, you're going to kind of feel good about yourself and like working out again and, and get, you know, be back into it, be excited to be there. Yeah. I, I think that's the beauty of CrossFit is there's so much variety that you can work on. And, you know, I'm sure you've experienced this over the years, you get really confident and then a workout comes up and you get really humbled real quick, but then yeah. it kind of changes your mindset. It's like, okay, I'm not really good at everything. There's something now that I can work on. And it kind of reignites that flame in your mind to kind of, okay, you know, I'm going to get better at gymnastics now because this workout. Yeah. But pick, pick something, right? Yeah. It's like a, or, you know, it's funny, like whatever you could do a, a Murph prep program. Now, not because like Murph's the end all be all of workouts, but just because it's something to look forward to. It's something right. to motivate you to do something frequently. Like, okay, it's, I know it's in eight weeks. And so for the next eight, eight weeks, I'm going to do like a, every minute on the minute, you know, whatever. And I'm just going to do like, whatever, three pull-ups and uh, five squats and whatever, you know, like every minute for 20 minutes. And I'm going to do every minute for 10 minutes. When I do this for the next eight weeks leading up to that, it's not necessarily that I think that your time on Murph matters or that it's so important that you're in shape for that workout or with, it's just the idea of like doing something consistently with like a goal in mind. Right. You know, that can kind of get you excited. Or like you said, like, oh man, I, I just realized that I'm dog shit at pull-ups. It's like, all right, well, like when you get to the gym before the warm-up, like get there two minutes early and just go do like three sets of three. And then like the next time, see if you can do, you know, four on your third set. And the next time, let's see if you can do four on two of those sets. And then like, you know, just like, just try and do one more than you did the previous day. Yep. You know, it take, it'll take you two minutes it's not like this thing you stress off of, you know, you only got to do one more rep than you did the last time. And, um, you know, you'd be amazed like how quickly you make progress in an area, just spending the a minimal amount of time focusing on it. Yeah. I, I've heard, I heard a quote one time and I'm going to botch it, but it's something along the lines of a successful person is someone that's always working on something. Right. And if you kind of get into this contentment phase where you're like, all right, then you're going to start to, to lose that. You always have to be striving towards something. And you get yeah. that reward. And I think it's, you know, in CrossFit about changing your identity. It's not just going to the gym. It's becoming a healthier person first and then starting to do the habits that go along with that, which, you know, I don't know if you've ever read Atomic Habits by James Clare. Yep. It just made so much sense when I read that. It's you have to change the person that you are and then do the habits that are associated with that it's, instead of trying to do something that you're not. And I think yeah, I love that. That's beautifully. I love that. It's, it's the idea of every action you take is the vote for the type of person that you want to be. Absolutely. You know, and you got to like keep that in mind. It's like, if you want to, whatever, you're at that birthday party, you want that like third piece of cake, like that's cool. But like, now you're the type of person that eats three pieces of cake at your five-year-old birthday party when you're also telling people you're trying to lose weight. Right. You know what I mean? Like now do those, does your goal match up with your actions? Are you the type, are you acting like the type of person who is going to accomplish that goal or is reacting like the type of person you want to be, you know, right. I'm not going to gym dicks and kind of, t- you know, I, eh, I don't really feel that good. Yeah. I drank a little too much last night. I'm not going to go to the gym today. Exactly. Like, well, that's fine. You know what I mean? Today. Sure. But like, you're also casting a vote. Like you are the type of person who doesn't follow through on their commitments because you had too much fun. 
Right. How would the person that you're striving to be respond to that situation? Yeah. And then go for it. Exactly. That doesn't mean that you like have to completely stop drinking, but like if you're, if you're say you're going to go to the gym three days a week, you need to get your ass to the gym three days a week. It doesn't really matter what happened the night before. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right, man. I say we close it on this. What's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that is, you know, looking to be healthy for the long run to kind of continue this journey for themselves. Find uh, a little, a little habit, small habits, and just pick one. All right. And it could be as simple as like, okay, water, like you should drink some of that. Right. Um, And so knowing that um, you need to drink, let me finish and I'll do an example. So find one small habit, one small thing that you know that you'd like to improve or that you think would improve your overall health and just stay diligent. And that's the only thing you care about and do that thing every single day. Right. And then once it becomes a habit, once you've done it for say a month straight or 30 days straight, then you can maybe move on to the next thing. But people try to change too much at once and change their entire lifestyle overnight. And that's a a recipe for failure. So maybe it's not, you know, um, throw out every piece of junk food in your house. Maybe it starts with like, don't eat your kids candy. Right. And like, that's it. Like, I'm just not going to get into my children's candy. And if that's the only change you make and you do that for a month straight, like you're probably going to be in pretty good shape and you're out of the habit of like reaching into that bag and grabbing something out. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, cause anybody that has kids knows like basically like you get enough candy at Easter that lasts until Halloween and then you get enough candy at Halloween that lasts until Easter. It's like, even if they have one piece a day, you just always have this. <laughs> anyway. And so, um, so that's more like, okay, another more positive thing is like water. You want to drink more water. So it's like, all right, get a glass of water, fill it up before you go to sleep and put it on your nightstand. And in the morning, like drink that and t- like chug that glass of water before you stand up out of bed. Right. And if you do that every day, you're going to be more like, you're going to be drinking more water than you used to. Right. And like do that every single day. And then once that becomes a part of your life, it's like, then you can move on to the next step. And so. Find one small habit, one small thing that will make you more healthy and dial that in. And then you can move on to the next step. I love it. I love it. And that water one's great. I think everyone should be doing that. Get a big ass glass of water, just put on your nightstand and like throw your legs over the edge and sitting on the edge of your bed, chug that water before you stand up and uh, you will, you'll feel better all day. Yeah. I always tell myself before my coffee in the morning, I have to drink at least one glass of water just to get it out. For sure. You got anything to add, Kristen? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right, man. This has been absolutely awesome. And I am super excited to get this out to our community and everybody else that listens to the podcast that we might not know about. Um, I thank you so much for coming on and talking about that and your experiences. I think it's going to be super helpful for everybody. Yeah, sounds great. And if you if anybody wants to listen to a podcast that has a little bit of fitness and a lot of just people talking about random stuff, uh, gas station cappuccino. Yep. <laughs> and uh, of course, go check out uh, caffeineandkilos.com. For They're sure. The best, best coffee in the game. Like, why don't you want to have the, the coffee? Then I've never related to a brand more when I started CrossFit and I was like, oh, coffee and weightlifting. That makes total sense. I could get behind yeah, it. For sure. Good life. All right, man. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we can yeah, do man. it again in the future. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks, Kristen. All right. Thank you. See you later, everybody.